Hello and welcome to From the Trenches, the Business Examiner podcast. My name is John McDonald. This episode features a special guest from Dannery Technology Partners. Our conversation focuses on how businesses can protect themselves and their customers' data online. We also look at natural disaster scenarios, emerging and underutilized technology solutions for businesses, and a whole lot more. Our conversation starts now. Hi, my name is Addison Bazook, and I am the president of Dannery Technology Partners. We are a British Columbia-based IT consulting and support company, and our approach is to guide our clients to meet their business objectives through the shifting technology landscape. And our goal is to always function as a support to these executions. Awesome, Addison. Well, I've been looking forward to this conversation for a while. I'm excited to have you on. Before we kind of jump into some of the more nitty-gritty stuff, I wanted to kind of go over, you know, you mentioned that IT support is the primary services that you guys provide. Can you walk me through from a solution perspective, kind of the problems that you solve for your customers? Totally. So in terms of uh, any business, and we've primarily served businesses in terms of our current clients and things, they're often looking for one of three things. And we like to say to them, you know, IT is whatever you think IT is or whatever it is, is kind of the scenario. So for some of them, it's like, oh, I just need my computer to work. I can't figure out how to use a Word document. So there's like, there's a basic level of just computer support and training that comes with that. For some of the larger companies we work with, um, we like assist in the CIO level planning, including like budgeting, we'll do solution testing. Maybe they have a new project coming up and they need someone to just give some outside experience on what's going on in the technology landscape for that. And then on top of that, obviously, we do a bit of development because pulling together these solutions, we need to integrate them with whatever this current system that company has. So primarily, like we're a Microsoft solutions provider, like we really work deeply with theirs, but we have found that there's a lot of very cool companies coming up and our goal is to be kind of the person who knows as much as much as possible about what's going on there. So that way the clients don't have to go and research and understand for themselves. Wondering if you can dig into um, some of the solutions that are mentioned on your site. And I think that, uh, you know, we've kind of covered this brief high level, but one of the things that has stuck out to me in our conversations is uh, in the past is how you kind of insert yourself into a business from an operational side, there's some higher level or more complex hardware solutions that you provide uh, on top of the IT support. Can you dig a little bit deeper into maybe a use case for kind of, or maybe a specific solution on, on, on those different segments? Totally. So, I mean, ongoing projects right now have really been related to a well distributed office. So, Obviously, we've had a pandemic in the last two years, and that's been a huge change to the landscape of all sorts of things for how businesses function. And a lot of people are working from home. And I think initially in that process, a lot of people were, a lot of companies were looking just, this is a temporary thing. We don't need to be thinking about what a long-term you know, governance plan or a long-term solution would look like for this. And so it was, go quickly, buy this application, install on everyone's computer, and we'll figure it out as we go. I think one of the things that's come out of this is obviously the shifting of like how people employ their staff. Now, a lot of people would like to work from home or work remote. They're looking for solutions that allow them to communicate effectively internally, but also externally with all this. And so like a very, very like top of mind thing would be like a great example would be like Microsoft Teams. 
And using that really effectively can actually, it's more than just like video conferencing on that side. A lot of people look at it like, oh, it's my video conferencing app or my chat app. What we've actually been working with a lot of businesses is how do you take file storage and have it integrate into that practice? Or how do you take planning documents or how do you take dashboards and all these pieces? So that way, when you're sitting with a team of people who are not no longer in the same office, you don't have a projector or a boardroom table, but you're essentially still meeting the same way. How can you create that experience internally around that? And then on top of that, creating like the security and the permissions um, that need to come into that system to make sure that, you know, data isn't being potentially leaked out because now it's no longer in like a physical location for a lot. So this has been talked about as like the journey to cloud, but we really like to think about it as like, how do you take these systems and integrate them into one cohesive whole and looking at how do you plan out every single little bit of operations SKUs and HR SKUs and all these different pieces to come together. So really basic company might have one, but in other cases we've seen, you know, companies have up to like 10 or 12 and maybe multiple tiers of hierarchy within it. Can you kind of walk me through what your, your company process is for, you know, a new lead that comes in or some kind of a referral and just kind of how you're problem solving there? Primarily what we have found is uh, most of the customers who come to us usually have a problem. And one of the things I've learned in my um, experience of the last few years is understanding the depth and the detail of that problem is more important than immediately finding a solution for it. And so at the very beginning, we always do like a standard in-person interview with the key stakeholders related to whatever that is. So someone says to me, hey, well, we need to move our email. Well, we are no longer using Google. We're not going to use Microsoft. Or maybe instead of that, we have a on-premise you know, server that does email, but we now need to move because our office is moving. Or understanding who's involved in that project is like the, probably one of the most critical items. And so what we'll do is often have a, the first point is we'll sit down and everyone gets to talk. You know, what is this problem look like? What is the hope? What is the goal for what this wants to be? Because again, our goal isn't to, as our company functions, our goal isn't just to stick a solution in place and say, here's what you do and that's done. We can provide a best practice, but your business, especially if you're like, you know, a small business owner or you're a private owner, you've spent hours and days just coming up with how this process functions, how each person interacts with each person you can't just put a system on top and assume that it's going to fit. So understanding those pieces is the first bit. So that's what we call like the operation side. Second piece we do is we do a technical audit. So these look different because we kind of have three core pillars. Like we will do IT obviously for systems. Sometimes it's data systems, which are more like, you know, maybe a CRM or an ERP system. And then obviously for some companies, web services and e-commerce have become a big portion of that as well. We have an audit that we can do for kind of each of these pieces to understand the technical landscape. What is the current scenario that you're looking at? How much debt, technical debt has been accumulated? And then also, you know, what are the key pieces that are working? Because whatever solution that is going to replace or augment it needs to make sure that those systems stay, you know, consistent on that side. So that's the second bit. And then the final bit is from that, here's three or a couple different options that can go down these ways. And so we'll work very closely with, you know, someone within the company to kind of come up and design a solution. 
that can scale to like, for some very small businesses, it might be a very simple solution. Hey, I just need an email address. Awesome. Great. You know, that could be a 20 minute conversation. We pull all that together and boom, here's your email address. It's secured. We've set up all these things and you're off to the races that way. For a much larger business, that could be a multi-month process. And for like a standard data system, you know, kind of thing, often they're like six months to a year worth of time, just because you don't want to rush any detail within this process. There's usually a lot of expense and licensing is pretty expensive right now for cloud. So that would be kind of our three-step process. We take them through. And then the last piece is just, we like to reflect on it. So we'll sit and come up with, Hey, what's working, what's not, you know, within about three to six months time, we like to be involved on that level of what fits the current business objective. I'm wondering if you can kind of talk about how businesses can protect themselves and their data uh, when bad things happen, especially things that are not predictable. There's two things I would say to that. One is really obvious. And I think it's often people talk about, let just go get a backup solution. And I think what I often would say to them is don't just get a backup solution, get something that's directed towards continuity and disaster recovery. We like, for example, for any client that comes to us with that problem, we work with a leading global provider that has Canadian stored data for these kind of problems. They automate that process and make it really simple for the company to not have to like take on extra operational cost and other pieces there. It's this solution takes care of that. The second piece I would say beyond just the tech side is make sure that you have a really clear continuity and disaster recovery plan. And that is not a technical document. It's a call sheet. So here is your operational hierarchy. Like this is how everyone talks. How do you jump these issues up the line? So if this person's unavailable, who takes over? And knowing how that all takes place, because in a a natural disaster, there is a lot of unknown, including like who currently has access to electricity or a phone. So understanding those pieces is, is one side of it. And as well, knowing what the standard procedure is to activate in that process. So it's great to have your data backed up. It's great to have a top of the line solution. But the real big thing to have is, have you gone through a scenario with your team? And do they know the standard procedures of what do you do in that circumstance? Or does it become a panicked situation? Because when you have the standard procedure, it's, okay, we're now an emergency procedure. Everyone take a deep breath. We're going to sort this out and we're going to deal with what we're dealing with afterwards in terms of the the emotion of this moment. And that often is the biggest piece that companies don't include in it, that they don't include that we're not robots. When we run a business, we're not like we get stressed, we pull together. When a big disaster occurs, there is so many different things running through your brain, like just chemically that you have to be able to. I don't know what to do, but I have this sheet and this is the sheet I go through and making it so simple for anybody be able to do it. That I would say is like the most critical thing. If someone's in a current scenario with like disaster recovery, the biggest thing is to get anything out of a position where it's currently running. So like if there's water, you take it off the ground, unplug it, carry it somewhere else. Yes, maybe systems will fail, maybe whatever, but you can hire a consultant or someone to come in and reconnect and recollect that data. There's tons of forensic data recovery specialists in in BC alone and in lower mainland alone and kind of all over the place. So 
just taking that out physically saves a lot of concern. But if the idea is about, I want to keep my business running during this because that's critical, those are the pieces you need to know that people have exactly what their plans are in that. Can you kind of speak to how businesses in this situation, maybe whether it's natural disaster or some kind of other external threat, how can they best protect their customers' data on top of what they are already, uh, their own kind of internal stuff? I think the first thing that I always look at in those circumstances is how well are you documenting that information and how many people in your team have access to see that documentation on like a case-by-case basis. So one of the things I like to think of is always have two people involved. So if one of them is gone, you have another person to take a look at for that piece and documenting where it's stored. So if it's on a file server in your office, you know, in a disaster or in a scenario like this, let's say you do have a loss of restoration, you know, maybe things are damaged or destroyed or whatever, and you're going to go throw this information out. Okay. Well, if you're storing personally identifiable information, it would be prudent to take the hard drives out of whatever that server or box is and go have them properly destroyed rather than just here's the whole device, see you, and this is how it goes. Likely there isn't much to be recovered on it, but this is just one piece of mind that helps you take a look and say, hey, maybe there's not pieces to be lost. The other thing is with that communication side, and this I think is the biggest thing is, If you're storing data and you have some kind of regulation that you have to keep it in Canada, if it's somewhere else, you do want to communicate that in some kind of privacy policy or some kind of waiver when you sign them as a client or when you're starting to store the information. Is there anything that comes to mind there? It was kind of what you're seeing in the different solutions you're providing for clients or things that they don't go for that you think that they should be or things that people aren't using at all? I I mean, the Microsoft Teams thing I was talking to you about, SharePoint online, uh, and actually really Google Workspace, like really any of the large providers for small business, like solutions for storage and email and communications. I think there are so many pieces to this that people don't even recognize are available to them. Like just purchasing one of those, probably the value you can get out of it is way bigger than you even realize. Like Rather than having to hire, let's say, a custom programmer or another company to like give you a solution that takes care of this, a lot of those tools are already built in to Microsoft, which is just huge. And then emerging technologies, I think the big one right now is digital communications. And right now, this is the buzzword that's floating around is like unified communications and there's like three different terms for it because every company is currently vying to be the number one. Like Obviously, COVID, beginning of pandemic, Zoom took off and everyone was using Zoom because it was top of mind. And, hey, I'm going to go have a Zoom with somebody. Like that became the household word for most people. But now all these other companies who already had solutions in place, you know, Ring Central, 8x8, Microsoft Teams, you know, they're all running as well. And it's understanding like which one actually fits your company best. And I think the big piece that we haven't really thought about, you know, there's been lots of talk about cybersecurity of these devices, but I don't really think we're talking about like management and operations of them that help keep a business running and also allow them to be documented. And there's kind of two schools of thought on that piece is if you're going to make a decision on those, on those tools is either go for the simplest. So there's nothing to document number one, and that makes it simple, or go for the one that has a lot of stuff, but is easily documentable. And 
I think most people are just looking at, I need to have a video conference, but the bigger picture for your organization is you really do need to like commit to something and then make that your policy on how you function and, and work through it and train your staff on how to use it appropriately. You know, make sure they're not using it for like personal use, especially if they have auto recording, like, do they know that that's a piece or, you know, all these different items need to be kind of discussed with your, with your employees and as well as with your clients, if you're doing a lot of video conferencing piece. Danneries as a company, our goal is to support the clients. Our goal is to support them in those technology journeys. We can't manage someone's social media for them, but maybe they're looking for a solution on how do we orchestrate this and analyze and understand if we're performing well on this and tie it into some other business analytics system. You know, that's a piece that we're kind of trying to keep our eye on how these things function because it's, it is a really critical part and our world is becoming more and more digital every day. And that's something that we're just trying to keep ahead on. I want to jump into a little bit of your personal background. Um, and I'm wondering if you can kind of give me a couple of the high points that have led you to where you're at now with Dannery. In terms of myself, my first job was in IT. I mean, I've been using a computer, I think, since I was like seven or six or seven years old. Um, and the the standard thing in our family was, oh, I don't know how to do it. Okay, go ask Addison to go fix this for you. And it's like, oh, it's funny. And I think the funny part for them was, oh, he's so cute. He's young and he's doing all these things. Okay, well, that's kind of become very much part of my my portion of my life. And my, you know, my journey like straight straight into the kind of the workforce was into IT, setting up computers and learning systems. And over the last, you know, 12 years of seeing that um, scenario change, the landscape in technology has changed so much. Like I was installing Windows XP systems back then, and now we're on to Windows 10, Windows 11 coming out now, you know, the consumerization of like business technology is huge. That's a whole different scenario. I spent some time working for um, a digital marketing company for a few years doing development and helping them do analytics and build these pieces through for a couple of years. That journey taught me so much about the value of those systems just for helping run your business. Not maybe to forgetting new clients in the door, but if you can do like a really solid customer service system, like a chatbot does okay, but if you can do a really solid customer service system on your website, the amount of companies that their website presence just blossoms when you do that, it's, it's insane to me. So it tells me that within everything in technology, again, the, the purpose of it is to serve, serve humans, to serve us, serve clients, serve the businesses, serve the staff. I think that's the piece as I've kind of been growing and working through running this company is, is how do we bring that same vision towards every business? How can I take a really small business that's run by one or two people and say, how can we augment the way you serve your customers? I think that's one of those pieces that's really impacted that journey. A question that I love to ask in these interviews is when you started your business to where you're at now, how has your approach to, I would say, a combination of management leadership and just outlook evolved from point A, hey, I've got this idea, let's try it, see what happens, oh, monetization, and then you know, B, you're in a situation now where you're scaling and, uh, you know, there's been some, some great growth. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? I mean, this is, this seems so cliche as a, as a response to this, but like taking the risks 
and especially as someone who is, is, I think the closest thing that people would say, well, what kind of, who are you as like a career kind of thing? I think I'm the closest thing I can say is we're kind of like engineers, really. Our whole goal is to not take risks and especially not for businesses, like not for our clients. Like they can take a risk and our job is to minimize or mitigate as much risk as possible away from the situation. As someone who started a company and working with people, it's like taking a risk on a staff member. Like, hey, you know what? I don't know if this is the right person, but also I'm ready to have them blow me away. Like taking a risk on even that and rather than putting them in a position of like, I'm going to detail and micromanage them out, but to say, here's my goal. What can you do with it? And then they might not get it the first time, but taking the risk that they will get it on the third or the fifth chance. Those kinds of things I think are, are really critical to help grow people within your staff. So I would say that's like, uh, taking risk is probably the big thing. The other thing I would say is really investing in people by trade. Computers are the thing I probably trust the most and maybe the least as well. Like my own laptop, we have a love-hate relationship because some days it works and some days it doesn't. And I can fix it, but some days I'm just like, I don't have time, so I'm just going to keep working or I'll grab a different device. You know, those sorts of scenarios that you look at. You can't do that with people. You need to spend time with them. You need to grow relationships with them. And I think investing in people not only looks like it in like a financial sense, like how are you compensating them? How are you taking care of them? But how are you making sure that their life is growing? How are you making sure like what they're doing, they're able to take on those things that they enjoy and go through and, and learning their learning what they're doing? I think when you're working on a team, you need to know that you guys feel like rock solid and you can trust each other to take it on. And when you do that on both sides, it means even if something goes a little wrong, you can say to, the, say to someone and say, hey, we got to fix this. And they know, yeah, we got to fix this versus, well, I didn't do it. It's not my fault that this happened. Why are you blaming me for this? Like those little pieces, I think are, are so critical to be considering on, you know, you're working with people. A computer, you can do something to it and it will throw an error back at you. And, you know, it's really neutral in, in that perspective. But when you're working with people and you're trying to get jobs done and people run computers, people run computer systems, treat them well. I've got four questions that we ask each uh, person. And so the first one here is what is your favorite book uh, or podcast? I will listen to Conan O'Brien's needs a friend on a weekly basis. Um, I enjoy that one a lot. It's lighthearted and it just gives me a, it's a great way to start off a week without having to think too deeply about anything real joy. Best personal advice you've received? I would say the best personal advice I've ever received is um, the most valuable thing that you own is time. And knowing again, how to invest that into people is huge. I have one mentor who every morning he starts his day at eight o'clock, you know, is when their day opens, he'll pick up the phone and he calls every single staff member through his day. Takes them about an hour for five minutes each. He goes through and he calls all the staff. I mean, how do, how do you inspire value into somebody like that? Like, oh, wow, you were calling me. You're the owner of this company. You don't need to call me. I'm supposed to be doing this. My supervisor is this, but hey, I'm giving you that time. Huge. App or piece of software that you cannot live without? So previously, I was going to tell you Rescue Time. Rescue Time okay. is a great app. I throw it on all my personal devices. I don't usually use it for work. Um, but when I'm just sitting at home and I'm dawdling or working on a project, it's always good to get a quick data 
background on, you know, what were you doing for the last six hours of, you know, time? Because, oh man, what, what are you doing with this? And, or, Hey, I worked on this project for eight hours. Like be, feel accomplished and feel proud that you did this, you know, personal thing for that period of time, that kind of option. That was what I was going to tell you. Okay. <laughs> um, I would actually tell you now the number one, one that I'm using now is, uh, is OneNote using an iPhone and using the just standard notes app with it. If you integrate that into OneNote, like the whole idea is like, if I want to jot down little tiny things and record messages and do all this stuff, it's immediately in there and then I can file them. That has changed my life on a personal and business level in so many ways because like now I'm not like hunting for like, man, what was my insurance number again? Or what was this account number or whatever? Like you're just not thinking about it. Um, that has been probably my biggest, biggest piece on that side. So, um, and the last one here I've got for you is favorite restaurant in British Columbia. I know this is pretty easy and this is, it makes me a little sad to say it because right now a bunch of them are probably damaged or destroyed, but the home restaurant, anytime we've done travel or whatever, that is our spot. We'll stop off in merit. We'll stop off in hope. I think there was a home restaurant in Golden. I'm not remembering, but on a longer journey, I did stop off. That's been our spot. There's still one here in Maple Ridge. So it's not like they're all, but right now with some of these, uh, these flooding in the waters and things like that, like I just wish them the best and I hope they're all doing well in terms of what's happening right now. Thanks for stopping by From the Trenches, the Business Examiner podcast. If you want to learn more about the interviewee, please check the web and social links provided in the video or listening platform description. Please send any feedback to info at businessexaminer.ca with the subject line podcast. We'll see you next week.